Costa Rica Travel Pass is a paid sponsor of Mormon Discussion Podcast. Costa Rica Travel Pass helps families enjoy Costa Rica flexibly, independently, and affordably. A family of four can enjoy a week in Costa Rica for under $1,200 plus airfare. If you're ready for an out-of-the-bus vacation that your family will always remember, visit Costa Rica Travel Pass at CostaRicaTravelPass.com or calling 1-877-780-7277. Mormon Discussion Podcast is an effort to help Latter-day Saints like you strengthen your faith and to support you in your trials of faith. This podcast operates on the donations of listeners like you. To help this podcast, please consider making a donation at mormondiscussion.podbean.com on the right-hand side, about halfway down. Thank you. Another episode of Mormon Discussion. I am your host, Bill Real. I'm grateful to have you with us today. You can reach me by email at realmormon at gmail.com. That's R-E-E-L-M-O-R-M-O-N at gmail.com. You can find this podcast on iTunes, but you're only going to find the most recent 20 or so episodes. So please check out the podcast at its host site, mormondiscussion.podbean.com. That's mormondiscussion, all one word, dot P-O-D-B-E-A-N.com. You can also find us on Facebook under the name Mormon Discussion, all one word. Now to what you've been waiting to hear. Michael, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? I'm very good, thank you. And yourself? Good. Doing great. I'm glad to have a chance to sit down with you. Uh, today, for my listeners, we are, we've are we got Michael on from the Jediism Faith, and we're going to have an interview today and sit and talk about some of the ins and outs and aspects of, of this unique religion, which I think most people are going to be completely unaware of, and so this should make for a really fun interview. Michael, I wondered if you might start us off just sharing a, uh, a brief bio of who you are so that my listeners can get a feel for you. I'm a Jedi from one of the Jedi churches. Our church is called Temple of the Jedi Order. Um, I've been a member for, I think, about six and a half years now or something, so quite a while, but... Um, uh, currently, I'm a member of the uh, council, which acts as the board of directors, and I'm also in charge of uh, public relations, which is why I'm here talking to you now. So I also, I'm the associate pastor in our clergy. There's another pastor who I work with, and we try to give some spiritual guidance to our seminary and the clergy that we have. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much me. <laughs> Great, great. So you said you've been a member of the Jedi faith for six and a half years. Were you a member of another organized religion prior to that? No, I wasn't, no. Um, I was, for all intents and purposes, an atheist. Um, yeah, I've, I've never, my, my father was an atheist, so I've never been pushed into a religion at all, and I just came across it one day and thought, ah, oh, this kind of works for me, and I joined. Awesome, that's great to hear. So maybe you can give us some history. How did, uh, how did the Jedi faith or Jediism uh, religion come to be? What what uh, what caused it to be established? Well, I mean, our, our church was founded in 2005, but the history does go back far longer than that. Um, of course, you had the original films, I think, in the late 70s. But um, generally, as an organized sort of movement, it grew, I've been told, around the uh, 90s with the, with the development of the Internet. 
Um, but since the 70s, I know there are some some members of our church as well as some members of other organizations have said they've sort of been following the Jedi, the Jedi ideal since then. But certainly that was quite sort of disparate around um, you know the world. They're quite spread out. But with the invention of the Internet, it's allowed people to become quite, uh, you know, to concentrate into online groups and things like that. So that's when it really got started in an organized fashion. Um, people just sort of, they take the ideals that the Jedi represent and they just sort of, they decided, yeah, this could work. So they tried to see how it would go. And it's going quite strong since. <laughs> Excellent. Sure. So what's the basic teachings that the Jedi faith lives by? I mean, if you're a member, if, if say tomorrow I wanted to join the Jedi faith, what is the, the, the basic teachings that I would subscribe to? Uh, a rough sort of outline. I mean, I, I don't give like an authoritative view on Jediism. I am only a Jedi from a church. But, uh, so I'll try and give a rough kind of idea without sounding like I know everything because I don't. <laughs> sure. But um, certainly one of, one of the key aspects to it is a belief in the Force. The Force isn't particularly defined as you know a definite thing. It's kind of more of an idea. It's sort of more left up to each individual. But you know, there's a belief in a Force. Then generally it sort of revolves around ideas of kind of uh, sort of wisdom, understanding, and then uh, compassion. Equality is a very strong feature of us. It's sort of... It's about just sort of trying to be a nice human being to others as well as to yourself. It's about finding your own way in the world and helping as many people as you can during that time. Uh, I'll, cool. Uh, yes. <laughs> I'll try and give... Yeah, that's a nice enough definition. And, and I think that works. And I, I guess we can maybe talk about this for just a second here. I know when people hear strange things, especially a faith that's kind of formulated after, uh, after a movie, a set of movies that, uh, that went so well, it may be a natural assumption of listeners to think that this is some kind of oddity religion where, you know, you guys actually believe like Yoda's heading up things. But in reality, I hope that my listeners don't get that. And I know that you and I have already kind of talked about this, but what I see the faith as is a way for somebody to be spiritually connected and to have, to have positive behaviors that they set as goals for their attributes and to recognize a, a divine force in the universe that is good, but without having all the, all the fluff that comes along with other organized religion that sometimes can, in the midst of making one feel included, can make another feel excluded. Would that be fair to say? Yes, yes, it would be very fair to say. Um, we try to encourage, cer certainly perhaps not listed in our doctrine of our church, but uh, in the, w the way that we do things, um, we, we, try to, we try to encourage a personal journey. So it, it's about you. We, can't, we try to provide a structure, but ultimately it's down to the person you know, to do that. We just sort of give them something to work from, and then they have to discover it. We don't try to tell people what to do we show people how to do it you might say yeah and that's good because i i think most other organized religions would fall at least would have some of both of those characteristics and when you when you tell people what to do uh sometimes that can cause some to not to not fit or not to belong um i do want to talk a little bit about what are the appealing aspects of the jedi faith i mean what is going to be different 
about uh, about your religion or the the faith of Jediism that would that others would say, hey, you know what? That's unique. That's something different that would uh, would appeal to me or draw me in that they're not going to find somewhere else. Hmm, that's a good question. People, when you when you think of Jediism, you think Star Wars. You think based from Star Wars, but that that's not strictly true. We take the spiritual and philosophical concepts and mythological concepts that inspired Star Wars and do the same sort of thing. We, we don't use Star Wars, we use the concepts that inspired it. So George Lucas brought it into a, a new light, a new, you know, a new set of films which everyone loved. We're trying to bring the same things into a new set of kind of organized, structured churches or religions. Uh, you know, we're, we're trying to do the same sort of thing with, as he did, but for our church. So sure. we don't have a spiritual, but we don't have a spiritual leader. There is no spiritual leader in Jedis, and not like, for example, Jesus was to Christianity. No one person began it, and there's no one book which tries to rule it. So you don't. So I'll draw another example. You don't have the Bible, for example, or the uh, the, the Talmud or the Quran. You don't have those books in Jediism. Uh One of my uh, one of my friends here wrote quite recently that, see, Jediism is quite synch- uh, syncretistic. It brings in ideas from other religions, and it recognizes their importance and tries to use them. I'm trying to find an excellent quote he said, but um, it's along the lines of, the true syncretistic nature of Jediism is its recognition of the importance of all myths. So we recognize the importance of figures like Jesus and the Buddha and some of the teachings you can find in you know, the Bible. You know, some of it's quite excellent. And we sort of, we try, to, we try to look at everything because we don't have our own mythology. We don't have our own scriptures. The world is our scripture. You know, all religions you know, are, are, our, um, are our sources of mythology. So we try we try to find everything and then bring that together and recognize it's important. Awesome. Yeah, it, so if someone's a member of the of the Jedi faith, is there a, is there a place where they can congregate with other Jedis? Is there a place where they can go to I don't want to necessarily use the word worship. I don't know what the way you're describing things if that would be a good fit, but but a place where you could join with people who believe the same way you do? It depends on which organization you're a member of. Uh currently there is as far as as far as I've been made aware, there is no Jedi temple anywhere in the world. Not not in terms of, you know, like a church. You might go to the center of your town and you find a church dedicated solely to that purpose. There isn't one in Christianity. Sorry, <laughs> there isn't one in Jediism. Um, there's plenty in Christianity. But um, no, so we don't have a church, but certainly our, our temple is uh, quite spread out. But there are other organizations. Uh, there's one based in Chicago, um, which has you know plenty, plenty of it's got quite a few members. But they're all and so they're all in Chicago, so they meet up quite often and they do things together. But they might go to uh, someone's house and they might go on a uh, they might do some charitable work. I know that they uh, quite often do that. So sometimes there's there's trying to be uh, annual Jedi gatherings. Jedi meetings where um, people will rent out sort of you know maybe some part of a campsite or um, I think I think a cabin was quite recent they all rented out a cabin and lots of Jedi all go there kind of 40 50 kind of people um, go there and start and congregate in that fashion but more as kind of a Jedi holiday you might call it but not as an actual building no 
Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, how's the, I mean, you said you've been a member of the faith for six and a half years and in prior to that, you were what you considered an atheist. How has the faith affected your life and, and what kind of things, um, have you seen in regards to changes within the way you, uh, interact with others and, and just deal with life on a day to day basis? Certainly for myself. I mean, Generally, just as a side effect of being amongst people discussing philosophy, discussing religion, etc., uh, I have found that it's increased my knowledge of those subjects uh, quite a lot, and it's challenged my uh, opinions, the way I the way I argue or structure points. So certainly, just kind of in an academic sort of way, it has helped because I have I have learned. <laughs> but uh, for me personally, um, there are some practices such as um, kind of meditation which I don't I don't perform meditation kind of daily as an actual thing that I sit down and do but it's it's allowed me to be kind of a lot calmer you know to to recognize how you can do an action and still be meditating and be very calm and composed it's made me more uh, compassionate certainly understanding I've tried to be more empathetic towards people trying to understand their point of view because in our church Jediism has a strong focus on the individual and the individual finding their own way. So as a natural kind of reaction to that, you have to understand the ways of other people. So that applies not only to your own, to within my own church and my own faith, but of course to other faiths. So yes, it's kind of, it's made me certainly more sort of compassionate, understanding, empathetic, uh, calmer. I don't really get that angry anymore. Um, I'm less bothered by some of the terrible things that might happen to me, you know, I I kind of I try to let go of them. I don't have so much attachment to some of the you know n- negative events that might happen to me. I don't worry so much. I kind of just get on and do it. So I say, yeah, it's it's helped me a great deal. I I love it. That's great. I uh, I want to ask too. Does the do you see the Jedi faith, its teachings, and maybe I should preface the question with this one first. What would, I mean, obviously you're saying it's up to each individual kind of to, to maybe choose for themselves, and maybe that applies to this question as well. But what would the Jedi faith, if, if asked as a whole, what lies on the other side? Uh, what would the average member of the Jedi faith tell me? In terms of kind of like an afterlife, like for example. Yeah. One of the... Uh, lines of the of the Jedi Code, which is a part of our doctrine. Uh, the last one uh, reads, uh, "There is no death; there is the Force." Uh, sometimes rephrased as "Death, yet the Force." I, men- I mentioned earlier the um, there is no kind of authoritative view on what the Force is. So some people, some people I know, view it uh, as energy. So. You know, some people view it as that. You know, they're all they're all energy. So when you die, you just your energy dissipates, and you don't. The energy never disappears; it just dissipates. But you're still you're still there. Um, certainly for myself, and uh, I think a few others, it's the idea that you aren't just your body. I'm I'm not just me. Um, I exist in other people as well. So, for example, I exist in this podcast, and when someone hears this podcast, they're hearing me. So if I were to die, this podcast would still exist, so part of me would still exist. In the same way, if all I'm the culmination of all my actions. So if I if I were, you know, hope I hope not. <laughs> I hope I don't die tomorrow, but if I were, then... Um, I I would still live on. I still I wouldn't die. I wouldn't die completely. 
even if no one, even if someone had never heard of me, they would have been influenced by me, no matter how small, because I would have helped somebody, I would have taught somebody something, and they would have taught somebody else something. I might have made their day feel better, you know, so whatever, they might, they might be happy. So we're all a web of interconnectedness. So, so the Jedi faith is not a, uh, and I guess I want to lead into this question. The Jedi faith is not necessarily a standard by which one would achieve salvation in the afterlife, but rather a, a code or a spiritual um, set of ideas that we should live by in the here and now. Yes, that would be that would be an excellent way of talking about it. In the same way, it would be more. Um, I wouldn't like I wouldn't like to say kind of Buddhism, but perhaps. I wouldn't. I wouldn't like to categorize it as an atheistic view. But for example, perhaps you know, hum- humanists or atheists would say, "I'm just trying to be a really good person." Judaism doesn't have a heaven or hell which you go to afterwards. We try to be really good people in the here and now. I like that. And you mentioned Buddhism. That was one of the questions that the listeners had, which was, um, how does your religious doctrine in practice differ from Eastern religions such as Shintoism and Buddhism? And it sounds to me, and you can certainly add in, but it sounds to me like in some ways they're similar in that they essentially are asking you to live a, a righteous life that serves others and seeks to do good with the influence that you have. But are there ways in which you're different from those? Oh, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to mistakenly think something of one or the other and not know them in uh, great enough detail. But certainly, there's not. Um, it's been described recently as uh, there's ortho, there's orthodoxy and orthopraxy. Orthodoxy is kind of thought of as right belief, and orthopraxy is sort is thought of as uh, right action. So certainly, there are similarities between. We try to focus a lot on right action. But there are things, for example, we don't have uh, any rules against eating meat. So you you don't have to be a vegetarian, of course. Buddhists will still eat meat if given it. But as an example, there's no there's nothing covering uh, there's nothing covering the eating of meat. I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of other distinctive things <laughs> about Buddhism. Um, chastity. There's uh, of course only monks would be uh, bound by that, but certainly. There, there's nothing about chastity. Some of the people, well, I say some, many of the people are in relationships or married. Sure. So there's uh, nothing along the lines of that. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just struggling on the spot. To- no, 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 I I understand. I, I do like the fact you mentioned this whole orthodoxy and orthopraxy. And, and for my listeners who are members of the Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints or Mormon, that's going to that's gonna be something that's going to apply to them and in the sense that to be a good Latter-day Saint, one has to have certain beliefs. One has to essentially uh, ascribe to to certain ideas that one has a testimony in. But in reality, uh, many Latter-day Saints who listen to this podcast may be, and, and maybe you don't know this, Michael, but my podcast is designed towards Latter-day Saints who, who are either struggling with doubt or are thinking deeper about things than perhaps the kind of simple ideas we get when we go to church on a, on Sunday. And, and so they're, as they're thinking along these deeper lines, they sometimes have questions that fall outside the normal things that we cover, uh, during a church service. And a lot of Latter-day Saints I've heard speak in the past talk about, you know, hey, I'm not an Orthodox Mormon, but I certainly am Orthoprax. And, uh, 
to take that idea, I certainly see within the Jedi faith this idea of, as you point out, kind of the beliefs are up to the individual, but the idea that you take every day and, and, and try to be good to others and serve mankind and, and kind of, uh, what's the, uh, the Boy Scout motto, do a good turn daily to essentially reach out and, and help others and to, to be a force for good within the universe. Uh, and I appreciate that and I, I hope that my listeners will, be drawn to that as well. I, I want to share with you a couple of other questions that listeners to this podcast uh, sent in. Uh, you mentioned earlier that the Jedi faith does not have any kind of scripture, that essentially the world is its scripture. What is the Jedi faith's uh, view of other religion scripture? I mean, would you, if a member joined the Jedi faith and they still wanted to subscribe to the Bible as a sacred text, would that be permitted? Is that something that's allowed or are there lines drawn on those kinds of things? We do, there are, I know one Jedi, um, they believe in God and the Force. There are, because Jediism is very, as I said earlier, syncretistic, kind of brings in lots of the other things from other faiths and other ideas. There are, there are people who come here as Christians and still maintain lots of their uh, Christian practices. It would simply be impractical and probably unethical for us to say, no, how dare you? You must be a Jedi. That would create the feeling of the in and the out group, which is what we right. are entirely trying to avoid. Right. We're, we're very, I don't want to say, maybe I'm trying to think of a better word, but kind of loose. We're, we're not that strict in terms of, you know, what must be. Because we try to focus, you know, if, you, if you're doing, if you're a really nice person and you're doing great, awesome. So if you wanted to still think of um, of the Bible as a sacred text, I think there are quite, I perhaps might not use the word sacred, but there are certainly, there are some amazing things in the Bible, for example. And um, a lot of the Bible is a cultural history of uh, Judaism, certainly the Old Testament. So some, some of it's really quite interesting. It's quite amazing to read. And if someone... If someone wants to use that, then that's fine. I mean, mention author, author, you know, orthodoxy. We, yeah, you know, we we have a focus. We have a strong focus on orthopraxy, but certainly that doesn't mean you can believe anything. You know, we, <laughs> we have, right. you know, so, well, I mean, I can only talk for our church. You know, our our view is generally: if you want to call yourself a Jedi, okay, we have nothing to do with you. We just live with ourselves in our own church. We try to keep a distance because we don't want to feel as though we are an authority. Um, certainly, you know, within our church, we have a doctrine and there, there are boundaries. It's it's a huge field that you can be in, but the field, you know, has a fence around it. If you want to cause, if you want to kill people, <laughs> obviously, we're against that. But so, you know, we're, we're very... But you know, if you if you if you bring the Bible with you and think it's a sacred text, you know, you could just you could be on the opposite side of the field. To me, I'm I maybe I'm maybe you could call me an orthodox Jedi. But as far as I'm concerned, we're still in the same field. You are still a Jedi, yeah, and that's absolutely fine. So we don't so we don't ban we certainly don't ban you know people considering scriptures as being sacred or holy. So if if a person subscribed to a, a different faith, say they're whether a Christian or Muslim or whatnot, and as long as they can fit whatever they're bringing with them into into the Jedi code or the 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 rules or the the ideas that that a Jedi would subscribe to, then there's not enough conflict there that one would be excluded from membership. But that wouldn't make up the stand, you know, that wouldn't make up the uh, 
a normal Jedi in the sense that uh, you're going to find a lot of variation from member to member. It's not like everybody's bringing their past religion with them, but if some, if if a if a small group of them did do that, that wouldn't be enough to exclude them from the faith. Absolutely not. No, they'd be just as included as anyone else. Great, great. I uh, I want to. One listener asked this, and so I'm going to ask, and I'm going to kind of chuckle as I ask it, but it's. But I recognize that this is in, in the way we're kind of describing the faith. This is more of a, a humorous side note and not really applicable. But but do that do Jedi's use the Force? It's I mean it's perfectly fine. Kind of when you think of Jediism, you think of Star Wars or Jedi. You think of Star Wars. That's that's perfectly to be expected. So you know this question makes perfect sense. <laughs> you know we get asked it quite often. It's very it's a very valid reason. Um, it would depend what you mean by use the force. Can I lift up objects and throw them? No. That would be awesome. I'd love to be a wizard, but I'm not a wizard. <laughs> so I can't use the force, you know, in that sense. Uh, you know, for me, it's it's more like, it's more an understanding of the interconnectedness of everything. Um, very similar, to example, to uh, Zen Buddhism and some of the schools in Mahayana Buddhism. Um, so... Would would I would do I use the force? Perhaps not, but I use my understanding of the force to understand other things. Understand things I might not otherwise, you know, think to realize without it. If that, if you understand what I mean, I, I do, I do. And so you're not waving your hand in front of anybody and saying these are the these are not the droids you search for. Uh, no, I wish okay. that, that would be very funny, but unfortunately, no, no Jedi, no okay. Jedi at all. <laughs> right, right, and. And I, I imagine just like in any faith, you might have some extreme members who, who tend to maybe focus more on some of those concepts out of the movies in a direct association. I mean, is, is that fair to say? I mean, I know within Mormonism, there are people on both sides of the spectrum as well as a lot of people in the middle. I assume the Jedi faith would fall into that as well. And, and there might be a few, uh, a few members of the faith who, who maybe take the movies way too serious. Does that make sense? Certainly some of them do. I mean, certainly our, our church from the very beginning has had a very strong focus. I think it says on the very front page, we are not Star Wars role players. We don't use uh, Star Wars as you know, scripture or anything. So um, in my kind of immediate um, knowledge of uh, how Jedi, you know, in my immediate circles of Jedi, certainly no, they, they, we don't really have those sorts of people. But then... Uh, we don't begin with that. You know, we kind of try to discourage it from the very get-go. But that's just right. the way that our church is structured. Um, as I said, there are there are other organizations, there are other Jedi. And certainly some of those, um, they might not use, you know, they, they'll have, I don't want to say they have a strong focus on the fiction, but they might um, use the fiction a lot more in their training material. I was going to say, that's an important note, too, that, I mean, you've made this, this comment several times. There are multiple Jedi groups or Jedi faiths. Is that, is that a way to say it? I mean, I know within Mormonism, there are several breakoff groups from the mainstream Mormon church. And so it sounds like in a similar way, it's not like all Jedi subscribe to the same the same charter or the same group. It sounds like there are multiple groups whose rules may differ slightly, uh, whose whose ideas and concepts may differ slightly 
uh, from group to group. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm <laughs> maybe I'm saying it too much, but certainly I'm just I'm just trying to I, I'm just sort of in making sure that for for one thing, people don't think I'm speaking for everyone because I'm not. It's just it's just more kind of me covering myself. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm not an authority, and we aren't the only church. We're we're a very large church, certainly uh, poss- one of the largest, but not the only one. I just don't want if any Jedi other Jedi hear this, I don't want them to think, oh, how dare he speak on my behalf I'm, right, right, I'm right. a Jedi I'm only a Jedi gotcha but, no, I appreciate that yeah I mean in our in our training material we use people such as Alan Watts uh, Jiddu Krishnamurti uh, Joseph Campbell um, whereas in some of the other like we don't really we don't mention Star Wars kind of I think it's mentioned maybe once as an aside uh, in our initial training and certainly some other people they, they would have they might say uh, read this uh, Star Wars book from the extended universe or whatever. I've never read the extended universe. I, you know, <laughs> I have no interest in reading it. That's not my Jediism, but it might be their Jediism. And even some sure. people prefer to think of it as a philosophy. Um, some people prefer to call themselves as Jedi realists who don't like the idea of uh, uh, a Jedi religion, but like the idea of the Jedi. So, you know, there's still a lot of variation. And some people prefer using uh, the fiction more than others. But certainly, no, I've, I've never read any of the books or anything like that. Gotcha. So members of your faith, how, how do they keep in contact with each other? Or how do you guys get information out to them or encouragement or reminders? I mean, how does that, is it just by email and online? Generally, yes. We're, uh, because we don't have our own uh, church, our own building, sorry, I say, yeah, we don't have our own building that we all kind of congregate to. Um, we are, we are, an, we are a, a corporation, a non-profit um, corporation, that were, well, was incorporated in Texas at our founder's house, <laughs> but that's yeah, you know, that's not the that's not a building that we uh, congregate to. That's just for um, corporation matters. Um, so ma- mostly, it's all done through the uh, websites that we have. There's a messaging system. There are, there are forum posts. There's a rather large forum on there, and there are some other. There's we have our own Facebook group, although that's. That's used more just to direct people to the website. It's not generally for announcements. But, um, yeah, it's primarily through things like emails, uh, messaging. Um, certainly because I'm on, um, I'm on our uh, council, our, our board of directors, I generally have sort of the phone numbers of the other members. Like, oh, God, I have to contact you quickly. <laughs> you know, right. so there are, we do have our own kind of Skype groups and people, you know, we have a Google Plus Hangout, which people go into quite a often but primarily it is all done through online though we do we do meet up occasionally in uh, arizona a few several times last i think it was arizona i don't want to get it wrong but uh, a few times last year uh, in london in the uk um so primarily online but there are still offline meets so or contacts if if your faith got big enough i mean would be would building physical structures to congregate in would that be something that would be a goal or is that not even something that the the jedi faith would desire it would it would certainly happen um i mean it's i don't want to say it's inevitable it may never happen but certainly there are some there are some members who would say um some of them maybe kind of nearing perhaps towards retirement they would say i would turn my house or i would buy some land and i would create you know my own kind of jedi temple mm-hmm. but um there there's no big push towards it I mean, we're, we're still quite young. Certainly our church is, uh, we're entering into, uh, I think it's about eight years now. 
So really still relatively young. And we're still figuring out things like our training, our clergy, some of our liturgy. You know. So there's, still, there's so much more work to do there that we don't, we don't just kind of, we don't, we don't try to approach it, approach the idea of a building uh, like as an official thing. Though, of course, when mem- if members want it, they'll go out and do it, and that's absolutely fine. But there's no there's no big push towards one, though. It'll probably happen eventually. What is the your specific group, and maybe if you can speak at large to Jediism as a whole, what is the membership of your specific group and perhaps uh, the Jedi faith entirely? I've actually just written about this somewhere else. Uh, demographics. Um, it can be hard to tell. You have to understand... For us, that we have active and inactive members. What we call active and inactive members. Um, what that means is, if someone if someone signs up to our forum, they do the oath, they fill out the application um, to become a legally recognised member of our church. Then they are a legally recognised member of our church. And of those, we have, I would say, approximately kind of two thousand over the last over the last eight years or so. But of those 2,000 that are still actively practicing, because yeah, think of it as uh, someone being baptized as a Christian when they're younger, but then not being a Christian when they grow up. You know, whether they, right. they change their mind or you know whatever, you, that sort of thing happens. So I would say perhaps at most maybe kind of 200 sort of active members, which is you know it's we are one of the largest. Jediism is certainly quite small. Um, I would say worldwide. No, no more than 5,000. Um, you've probably heard of the Jedi census. Have you? I don't know if you have. I have not. Or, or the, no. sorry, the, uh, the sense, yeah, I think it's the Jedi census phenomenon. I think it's listed as an article on, uh, Wikipedia. Oh, when people are asked their faith and rather than list anything else, that's what they're putting down. That was done as a campaign in 2001 and again in 2011. And something on the order of there, there was hundreds of thousands of, you know, Jedi kind of on, on the census. But um, that we don't count that as anything as representative of anything regarding the actual numbers. There, there are not hundreds of thousands of Jedi. Otherwise, you ask the question, well, where are they? Right. <laughs> you, you would see them. You'd see them around, you know, quite often. You'd, there would be buildings because there'd be hundreds of thousands of people. But. Yeah, it's it's small, so certainly. I, I, that's why I'd say maybe kind of five thousand people at most worldwide. It's it's hard to put a count on it because there's no big church or there's no like global gatherings or anything like that. But I'd say maybe that. It's it's interesting you say it that way when you talk about active and inactive, and maybe just for me to throw a little bit of information your way. The the Mormon Church is similar in that we claim that we have 15 million members. That's how many people have been baptized into the faith. But we're probably lucky if the ones who are still going to church on Sunday with any kind of regularity, maybe five, six, seven million tops. Um, and so there's maybe a 30 to 40% activity rate. And, and so I certainly understand that drop off. That makes, that makes sense. And it's not, you know, I don't think my listeners are going to be like, Oh, so many people leave the Jedi faith. I think they're going to understand that that happens within Mormonism as well as any other, any other faith. People, uh, get excited. They sign up for something. They, they agree to do something and then they, they go back to doing other things or kind of fall, fall by the wayside or, or for whatever reason, they disbelieve from that point forward and choose another path. I don't want people to take the words active and inactive as, you know, fixed literal meanings. I mean, kind right. of in, in general, sort of, because, as I said, because we're online, it's easier to kind of gauge it. 
you know, because we can see how many people kind of post on forums. But even if they leave, they might still be acting like a Jedi would be acting. We we just don't can't document it. <laughs> so you know, it's it's hard to kind of tell. But yeah, so don't take active and inactive as literal. Oh, they're not on the website, therefore they're not Jedi. Well, they might be Jedi. We just don't know because they're not telling us. <laughs> So another question that I want to ask then, Michael, is uh, does your faith, you talk about having clergy, is is your, I have three questions kind of, but they all go together. Is your clergy paid? Do you require donations? And and do you ask for donations, which obviously can be different than requiring them? Um, maybe if you could speak to those three ideas uh, of financially how the church works. Uh, okay, that's very fair. Um, everything is done voluntarily at our temple. Um, we all we all have our own lives, so no one gets paid. I don't get paid. I'm I'm a you know I'm I'm a member of the council. I don't get paid. <laughs> I'd love to get paid, <laughs> but you know I I donate. In fact, I donate my money. I donate some of my money to the temple, as do many of the councillors. Um, so no, no one no one in our temple gets paid at all. Will that change in future? Who knows? If it gets to a point where we are required to twenty four seven be working then quite possibly. But we we don't have enough money to pay people. So that idea is completely <laughs> you know, that's just that's doesn't really come into it at all. Um but is it, are donations required was uh, one of the other questions. We don't require donations from from anyone. I mean obviously we do have a donate button. There is a PayPal or people, you know, could send a check or something. But we we don't we don't go around asking money of people. We kind of in terms, in, we kind of, uh, we sort of, we, we, we sit here and we kind of go, hey, you know, this is us, you know, c- come be a part of us if you want. That's kind of how the church works. And it's the same for donations. Uh, we have yearly reports. Uh, they started in 2012. But um, you know, we kind of go, we, we have in there our financial information. We go, you know, hey, here's our financial information. You know, donations would be nice, but we don't require them. We don't, we, we don't want... You know, they say money is a necessary evil. It, it, you know, it, it is necessary, but you know, and it, it is arguably quite evil. But we, <laughs> we want to reduce our, our reliance. We don't want people to feel as though they have to pay to be a member, and we certainly don't want people, you know, to bribe us to getting a higher rank by donating more money. A- absolutely not. So we try to sort of keep the finance financial side kind of on the down low. We can, you know, hey, you know, we have expenses to pay. You know, here's how much money we've made. Here's how much money it's costed us in a year. If you want to donate, that's great. But you know, we we don't kind of require it. It's it's very it's very passive. It's a very passive kind of donating uh, scheme, if you want to call it that. Sure. I want to ask this question. This came from a listener, and and I want to ask it this way: If if another set of movies come out for Star Wars, which I I think are in the works, if I'm not mistaken, if if there are new principles found in those movies, does the Jedi faith feel obligated to add those, or or would they have to mesh with the current ones to to be? In other words, obviously there could be some things in the movie that you know a Jedi does that all of a sudden they bend the rules or break the rules to accomplish something, which would be totally against the, kind of the code you've created. Do you feel is there an obligation there within your faith to to still add those, or would they have to still be? Um, righteous or good and wholesome behaviors. It would entirely depend on the extent to which you, to which the fiction of the Star Wars universe influences your idea of Jediism. 
Um, I mean, I can I can tell you that when the three films are released, uh, nothing in our temple is going to change. Uh, <laughs> you know that they they don't really they don't have any bearing on us. So people might talk about them more. We might get an increased number of members because people have you know they've heard Jedi, so they hear Jedi religion, so they join us. But nothing I don't I don't say substantial, but nothing substantial <laughs> will kind of change. But if you um, Certainly, it, w- it would depend on the extent to which you feel the uh, fiction influenced your own beliefs of what Jediism was. I mean, uh, I'm trying to think of an example from... I think there's Luke Skywalker. Yeah, he, he does... Uh, he kills some guards or something at the beginning of uh, episode six um, in, in Jabba's palace, I think. I think it is. He, he, kill, he kills some guards. And you might go, oh, that's evil. But then you sort of have to kind of understand it. You don't take one event... And then, kind of, and then, like, extrapolate that out for how you should behave in every single event. It's it's right. more it's more you try to trying to gauge what they're about because you know he maybe he has very good reasons to kill those people. He probably does. He has to sneak in without being detected. So and they're you know maybe they're evil people. So it's okay. You kind of try to get you know context. You have to understand the context of this, and you wouldn't take the one event by itself. You'd understand what's going on, so you would understand. Yeah, you know, he is being good, or you know, whatever. So it's unlikely that they would differ from it, you know, that greatly. But of course, you know, if they did, if all of a sudden Jedi all became evil, <laughs> then people might go, "Wait, what?" And that might really suddenly change the way that uh, people feel about calling themselves a Jedi when all of a sudden the Jedi aren't good. The Jedi, are, you know, murdering puppies. <laughs> but as I say, it, it depends on the, you know, how how much you uh, use the fiction to determine the values of your own beliefs. That, that makes a lot of sense. And I want to end maybe just making a comment and then giving you kind of a chance to maybe share any, any final thoughts that you've got. But here's here's what I kind of felt as I was preparing for this interview and, and looking a little bit on the website, reading. Um, I don't know if it was your group or another Jedi group, but I was reading the the different, I don't know if you want to call them laws or rules, but they were the kind of beliefs that, that Jedis would hold. Um, essentially, that there is a force in the universe and that uh, Jedis, you know, all these these positive things. And, and here's what I came up with. As a, as a Latter-day Saint, as a Mormon, who is aware of of members of our faith who struggle and certainly being aware of at in a general and a larger scale people within Christianity or any other organized religion who become um dissuaded to the beliefs they 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 essentially have lost faith or lose belief and they no longer can hang on to what they have but yet they want to maintain a level of spirituality they want to maintain those principles that they still feel are good and right. I I really felt like your faith offers people a place to go where they can essentially hang on to all the good they've gotten up to that point, but gives them a safe place to go if they, if they no longer feel like they can be part of the faith that they currently belong to. And, uh, and so I want to just say thank you for, for being on today and, and appreciate so much you sharing some of these ideas and ideals. I'll put links up uh, when this episode is published and airs. I'll put links up so people can check out uh, your site and other uh, other informational places that speak about your faith. And, of course, the ones that do it in a respectful way. But uh, what are your thoughts? I mean, for those out there maybe who who are considering changing a church or changing a faith or maybe even considering withdrawing completely from all belief in 
and anything spiritual, what uh, what are some thoughts you might have to those individuals? Um, one of the things, in fact, uh, a friend of mine on um, the temple, uh, he we were talking about uh, homosexuality, and he actually he told me when he joined he'd seen by chance he'd seen one of my posts. Uh, on a Google search, and he clicked onto it, and he found out about us. Um, and then he joined because of that, because, you know, we're very accepting, for example, of homosexuality. I mean, some of the members on the council are, you know, gay or bisexual, so, <laughs> you know, we have no problems there, or kind of uh, women being members of the clergy. It's a complete non-issue for us. We, we, don't, we don't even have an opinion. <laughs> you know, it's not controversial in the slightest. So a lot of people... Um, so, uh, some of the more kind of traditional views on like sex or contraception, um, they feel they feel very disillusioned with some of um, the positions that, uh, that some that, uh, churches have. Uh, so, and but then we don't we don't have like that baggage, as it were. So a lot of people they feel very liberated coming to us. But on that note, people. People shouldn't be ready to change a religion because they expect, like, a reward. You know, if someone says, oh, yeah, you can join us and you can get into heaven if you just say you're one of our members, they go, oh, excellent, well, I'll, I'll join that religion because I'm going to get into heaven, you know, something like that. You, you, sh- you shouldn't become a Jedi because like, you're expecting, you know, some kind of reward. We don't really give you anything. It, it, it's about you finding your own way which is why so many people feel quite liberated. And it's something we're trying to keep. We don't want to, as I say, talking about spiritual authority, we don't want to become an authority on what you should be, because in trying to conform, it just creates an internal struggle, and you'll feel horrible. You'll have a schizophrenic crack-up, because you're trying to conform to something which isn't you, which is why we try to promote you, you you being you. So, I mean... So yeah, I mean, if if that, that if that sort of thing kind of appeals to people, gen- generally it does. But you know, a lot of people uh, don't know about us. <laughs> Not to say everyone would instantly join us, but you know, we just we just offer a different we offer a different way of doing things. And for some people that might that might work. I mean, some people such as yourself, you might want to stay a Mormon, and we can mutually respect each other because you know we're we're under no on, no on obligation to be one thing or the other. So yeah, it's just kind of, it's just about finding your own way. 